Hi guys, it's Liz. Before we get into today's episode, I am super excited to share that signups are now live for the Bean to Bar Chocolate Workshop I am hosting with the founder and chocolate maker of Obolo, Mark Garrett, on March 18th, 2021. Understanding Bean to Bar Chocolate is such a game changer and really appreciating how chocolate comes from a fruit and it can express terroir just like wine, coffee, or even olive oil, as we've been discussing in many episodes of this podcast. This workshop is for an intimate group, and we will learn how to taste chocolate and understand its craft and artistry, and ultimately having the satisfaction of knowing where your chocolate comes from. So here are all the details. You can sign up at https colon backslash backslash lizkaski.com backslash shop backslash tasting. We are importing the chocolate from South America, especially for this tasting, and we'll be shipping full-size bars to your home in either the U.S. or Canada, depending where you live. And just so you know, this is enough chocolate to set it up perhaps as a couple's night, a little family edutainment, or even perhaps part of yourself care regime that includes chocolate and wine. And if you arrive late or are complicado about being there on time, of course, we will be sharing the recording of this workshop with participants. So there's no worries there. So once again, I'll just repeat the URL for signups. It's https colon backslash backslash lizkaski.com backslash shop backslash tasting. And I hope to see many of you there. So without further ado, today's episode. This is one of my missions as, as a taster. And, and what I, I do every day, I have this, uh, this Instagram community called Oliva Lovers, where, where I mostly teach people how to use it, how to choose olive oil, how to uh, take care of your olive oil, because olive oil is a, like an alive product. It's not a commodity. It's not like any refined uh, fat uh, and they need information. Hi, everyone. I'm Liz Kasky. As a travel curator, cook, wine aficionado, and design lover here in South America, I've always been fascinated by the stories of how creatives pursue their dreams. What's the energy behind a great chef and restaurant? How is that tasty cheese made? Why does this wine speak to me? What was the inspiration for that hotel? Or simply appreciating the artistry of an old world weaving with contemporary design. I'm constantly searching for local flavors and am passionate about sharing them. Welcome to In Search of Flavor, a podcast that explores the experiences, ideas, and stories behind the fascinating trailblazers in the region and the beautiful projects they've birthed. So pour yourself a glass of wine, dial into your wanderlust, and get ready to be inspired. In today's episode, we continue the conversation with olive oil expert Carola Dumer and dive into the second part of our interview, where we talk more deeply about ways to use olive oil at home and just how to get more pleasure out of your olive oil and use it on a day-to-day basis. I hope you really enjoyed the first part that set up everything that's going to come in this conversation. So we'll just cut straight to the chase and get into part two of this episode. Enjoy. What are you, the, you know, talking now and getting a little more into the, the specifics about olive oil, what are the different varieties here that are used in this region and why there's, I've seen both Italian 
Spanish, which we can name yeah. if we, when we start talking. And then there's a few that are, are completely local, like Arauco, if I remember correctly, in Mendoza. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because in the in the traditional countries, uh, they don't they don't mix like cultivars from different parts of the country. So in Tuscany, you have the Frantoyo, Lechino, Morayolo, and you don't use the Coratina from Puglia because it's like you don't do that, you know, like it's it's kind of what are you doing with this blending, you know? They are very local in terms of producing and selling olive oil. And here in Chile, we have a mix from different parts of the world. We have a, <laughs> and we mix different origins and everything, but it's our way of doing. We have a lot of from, from Spain. Uh, Chile is mostly a country with um, super intensive uh, olive oil production, uh, a system that was developed by Agromillora, a Spanish company that created this um, olive tree, this, this special cultivar uh, called Arbequina, that, mm. um, of course, Arbe the original Arbequina uh, was not created by them, but they adapted the, this Arbequina to be uh, cultivated in big spaces as a, as a bush, not as a tree. So it's easier to manage, to, to prune, to uh, harvest, everything. And we have a lot of that. So 70% of the Chilean olive oil come from Arbequina, okay, with, with this Spanish origin, but uh, locally adapted. And then we have also from Spain um, a lot of picual. Chile is, has also a very good picual. We, we, we are known for that. And um, also we have from Italy, uh, Frantoyo, Letino. Uh, Coratina, which is a wonderful cultivar that I like very, very much. Uh, we have from Greece, Coroneiki. Uh, we have also a, lo a lot of Coroneiki. Um, we have some other things from, for example, um, Barnea, which is um, a cultivar from Israel. And all of these cultivars were brought by people that make all the studies and all the analysis at the late late 90s. Um, this foundation uh, brought to Chile a lot of experts from different parts of the world, especially Italy, um, that uh, that study which cultivars are the were the best for our our conditions, our weather conditions, and and our terroir, and and that is what has been uh, been been planting for for all these years. Can we talk a little bit? Uh, touch on the different attributes of some of the varieties of of why you would know them in terms of flavor profile intensity because it's very similar to wine in that a piquel would have a you know if you could say it's different a cabernet sauvignon from a pinot noir and once you get familiar with olive oil I personally tend to lean towards a certain variety that I know is going to give me, you know, more pepperiness in the back of my throat that I like and more intensity, or it's a, you know, that green tomato, um, you could kind of get intimate with the varieties. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well in olive oil. There are two thousand different cultivars in the world. So uh, it's like you said. Like people think of olive oil like as something like a commodity. Like everything tastes the same, and it's not so. Uh, we have like so many differences in the different cultivars. You can have like like a Cabernet Sauvignon and a Sauvignon Blanc or a Chardonnay, completely different and completely for different foods. And here is the same. Well, uh, about the, the cultivars that we have, um, Arbequina is a great cultivar for people that are just starting in olive oil, you know, because it's it's delicate in terms of uh, flavor and, and aroma. It's not something too bitter or too pungent uh, and has these very nice uh, sensations of grass, artichoke, um, it's a very good replace when you change from other other kinds of, of oils, uh, uh, refined oils, or even for butter. If you cook like um, a cake with uh, with olive oil, arvequina is a perfect choice for mm-hmm. for baking for baking something sweet. Um, of course, when you get like more professional or deep into olive oil, arbequina will not be the one you are going to choose because it's like too light. You know, I don't, I don't like it very much. It's like light uh, beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's like like beer, but but it's the one you have to try to enter this world, and it's very good for kids that don't like to, like high sensations in other ways. So it's it's very good that we have a lot of options for people that want to start like you know like slow um but then of course you can you can have a more uh, intense of, of cultivars frantoyo and lechino are very nice for something like more medium you know not not too strong uh, those are cultivars from italy and they have a very very beautiful aroma when they are made in in the good way and you can find like almond, grass, um, apple, you can find uh, flowers. Uh, and it's it's like something with a very nice perfume. Um, also match with a lot of food that we normally use. You know, we, we eat a lot of pasta, we eat a lot of pizza. Uh, you can make a bread with olive oil and it's amazing. Cheese with olive oil, with, which is amazing. And of course, uh, the meats, all the meats like white or, or red, um, fish, seafood, that goes perfect with, with this kind of olive oils. And then we have the more robust ones, the one I like more. Um, uh, I would go for uh, for Spanish Picual or Ojiblanca uh, because it gives a lot of of, of flavor, you know. It's not something you're not going to notice in your food. And they have like this uh, in different ways. The Ojiblanca is is more herbal and has this like more... um, tomato leaf sensation and the picual is more like the tomato tomato sensation but they are more more they have this pungency when you take the oil in your throat and this this pepper sensation in the mouth and it's like very alive you know mm-hmm. and also my favorite my favorite cultivar is coratina uh, which we have the luck to have very good uh, coratinas in in Chile right now. Um, actually, I like very much the coratina from Alonso, and I always take that for my courses outside. And people can't believe that it, this coratina is not from Italy and it's from Chile. 
it's a wonderful olive oil. And then you have like this, it's it's kind of le- the sensations of the frantoyo, but in a higher way, and with apple, with uh, arugula, and you it's it's like you put like chicory in your mouth. It's a wonderful way to to put flavor on your Italian dishes. Um, so there is for every every taste for every person there there is a perfect olive oil somewhere outside there. You can have like so many different options and of course you can blend these uh, different cultivars which is what a lot of uh, companies do um we have uh, you can buy bottles in the supermarket of monocultivars as we said like piqual arbequina coratina or you can find a lot of plants and when you have plants you have like different sensations of all what we uh, talk before so there's like uh, there's so many possibilities with olive oil it's an amazing universe and blends like when when a, a, an olive oil producer decides to make a blend is it because that they're looking i don't want to say crowd pleaser but that's what's coming to mind they're trying to make something that maybe commercially is going to appeal to a wider consumer essentially because then you're you kind of get little pieces of that but you're covering like it's more versatile in the end versus a coratina that maybe you love i love because you're looking for that but that that becomes more like a connoisseur type olive oil would you say that that's sort of accurate yeah yeah i would say that um well, versatile is a great word to describe the objective that that blends have. You know, like uh, here in Chile, we don't have the 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 culture to use olive oil. So the culture to have different olive oil is absolutely far away from from what happened in the kitchens in Chile. Normally, people that buy olive oil, they buy one olive oil. They they don't have like five bottles or ten bottles like you or I may may have. You know. Uh, the the real thing is that as you have different wine for different occasions, you should have different oils for different occasions, for sure. Okay, let's, let's talk about that. Di- <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and blends is a it's a great way to have. There are different kinds of blend too. There there are blends that are commercial blends, which I have to say we are having great options in the supermarket. Yet I was very impressed uh, with our our Gioliva twenty twenty that some very, very big commercial brands, they made very good uh, results in, in the guide because they really have like a very good, a very good quality blend. It's not something very sophisticated or very complex or something like uh, like you, you will have for a special occasion, but it's a great oil for everyday use. And that's amazing. We are, we are lucky to be in a country that you can go to the supermarket and buy a brand and it's mostly going to be real extra virgin you know olive oil is the second product with more fraud in the world so uh, to be in a country that where where you can trust in what you are buying it's it's wonderful what are people getting in other places like so a lot of our listeners as an example are in north america um in the u.s in canada what if you're going into let's just say your average supermarket and you grab something that says extra virgin olive oil and probably maybe making a decision based on what the label looks like or not. Like, how can you know that you're not being duped 
when you're <laughs> buying this olive oil, unless you go to like, you have to create these habits, just like in wine and in chocolate and all of these artisanal foods, you start seeking out sources that you know are reliable and are going to give you what you're looking for. Is that kind of the path? Well, that is a great way to do it, to, to look, to, to focus, to make research of where are you going to buy, what is the company from, um, you, you really need to understand olive oil to be a good olive oil buyer. You know, it's, it's very difficult and we don't want to talk a lot um, about like how, how much uh, problems you can have with an olive oil when you don't buy widely, wisely, but really many times you go to a supermarket in the States, you are not getting the extra virgin olive oil. And, oh, it's and every time I need to, yeah, it's rancid. And once it's, it's rancid, it's a defect and it can be extra virgin immune. It loses the condition of extra virgin. In the best cases, it's only rancid. So it's it's not extra virgin anymore, but you are still going, you are still getting a virgin olive oil, which also have good quality and health benefits and everything. Not Not as best as extra virgin, but in a second level it's a good it's a good olive oil to cook and everything but in other countries for example in brazil they have terrible problems with um, adulteration so they get olive oil as extra virgin and it's a mix of olive oil of any kind with other refined uh, fats like uh, soy uh, olive soy oil or sunflower oil and a lot of different different uh, situations. So uh, it's important to understand a little about olive oil. So you so you get like the real stuff in the supermarket, and if you get the bad stuff, you never choose that brand again. Right. Or going back to a lot of our conversations as of late, because we're speaking directly to producers in different uh, areas of, of of food and wine and whatnot get to know who you're buying from. In the end, there's so much traceability and olive oil is not, not olive oil is part of that conversation. So, yeah. I mean, if you do your due diligence in the end, you get more pleasure. And then you also know that you're, you know, supporting a company that is smaller totally. scale and is going to give you the quality that, that you're looking for ultimately. Totally. And, and it's important because, uh, as we were talking before, it's important to have different oils because they, they are all going to give different, different sensations to your food, for example. And you can have from a big company, like for your daily life, you can have like a very vers versatile blend that match everything and that you are going to use it for cooking or for baking or for whatever you want to do, Okay. So I, I, for example, I use the the five liter um, the, the the big uh, the big bottle of five liters, and I use that for everything. I, I don't use any other fats in my home. No butter, no sunflower oil, no nothing. So when I fry, I use that. When I cook, I use that. And I've, of course, I have bottles of monocultivars to enhance my uh, different dishes. And I use a lot of, um, for example, piqual when I made a Spanish food or, or like a gazpacho, for example, now in summer or, or a tomato salad that I want to, to have like more, more nicey. And I have also an arbequina when I want, want to make something special for, for um, a cake, for example. Or I use the coratina a lot for uh, appetizers when I invite people and I want to make a 
a nice um, mozzarella with uh, arugula and things like that. So when you enter this world, you start to discover all these flavors and you are going to get conscious about, ah, this oil is too robust. I will not use it for my fish. I will use this for a red meat. And then this other is like more normal. Uh, it's extra virgin, but maybe it doesn't have like so many good qualities. Or it's, so, it's not so incredible in terms of, of, of aromas. So I'm going to use it for cooking or to make a, a, a hot dish. Um, and and this is something you start learning, and then once you try like the real the real stuff, you are never never going to get full again in the supermarket because immediately when you get like the rancid or the fasty or any other kinds of oil, you are going to say no, this is not the thing I'm I, I'm used to, so I will not buy this thing again. You know. Can we talk a little bit for people? you know, as they get into this world, as you're saying, to understand what freshness in olive oil is and how we can keep olive oil fresh, because we touched on this a little bit, but I think we can go just a little deeper. And by that, I mean, you know, like you said, we have the privilege of being in this olive oil producing country, and I've gotten very used through producer friends of ordering these big, freshly pressed olive oil, and you become quickly addicted to what fresh olive oil tastes like, which is something completely yeah. different um, in terms of it just, it has an aliveness that even oil that's good quality, but has been stored for a year does not have. How can you, I mean, can, how can people start incorporating that to their culinary repertoire, like uh, develop this relationship with olive oil? Like how do you learn what a fresh olive oil should be like? And then once you get it, how do you keep it fresh? Okay, well, the first thing to understand is that olive oil must have three attributes, okay? One is the fruitness, which when you smell the olive oil, it has to have it it has to take you to the nature, to grass, to leaf, to a tomato, banana, apple, all kind of fruits or vegetables in a fresh state. Not tomato sauce, not a cooked artichoke, the fresh, the fresh of the fruit. Uh, because it's like a juice. Olive oil is actually like the, the juice of the olive. So it has to be, it has to have like these sensations uh, of, of nature, natural. And then in your mouth, uh, it shouldn't taste like wax or like Vaseline. Yeah, like the refined oils, you know, the refined oils, it, it doesn't matter what you put in your mouth. It, it's, it's only grease. It's, it's greasy. It, it doesn't have anything else. The olive oil, as this is a natural olive juice, should have like all these sensations of natural fruit in your mouth too. And you're going to feel with a good olive oil, you are always going to feel a little bitterness in your mouth. And when you, t when you um, swallow it, it's going to be pungent. It's going to be, you're going to get like, like an itchy sensation on your throat. And that is the best way to understand if an olive oil is good or, or is it bad. And when it's fresh, it kind of cleans your mouth instead of getting this grease sensation of, of wax or Crayola or whatever in your mouth. It's going okay. to be like open, opening your senses and, and you're going to feel it like very, very fresh. This is like my best tip to, to understand the, the concept. Then how do you 
keep an oil that let's say you do get a really fresh oil besides darkness, obviously, and keeping it at a stable, cooler temperature, not refrigerator though. Are there any, uh, like how ideally how fast is, is a, is a good consumption rate? Like a month, two months, well, three months? Uh, yeah. One important thing is that uh, if, if you buy olive oil, you, you must choose um, preferably oils that are from the harvest in course, you know, like here in Chile, we harvest between April and June. So we have the fresh oils in the market since July, July, August. And that should last for the whole year until the new production, the new harvest come to the, to the shelf of the supermarket next August. So, some producers put the date of harvest or the year of harvest in the label. That's the that's a great sign. If you are buying, like in Chile, we, we should buy oils from 2020 until we get the ones in August from 2021. In California, for example, they are having now the oils from the last uh, harvest, which was between October and January. So they use 2021. And these these are the ones that they should that you should prefer right now. Okay. Uh, if you can find the the the, um, the date of harvest or the year of harvest, try to find the bottling um, date because it, when you have an olive oil in the supermarket for too many months, uh, mm -hmm. they get rancid because of the light or in the conditions of the supermarket. But if you get the oil like fresh from the producer or with a day that is like three weeks ago or one month ago, it's going to be still uh, in the in the best conditions. And then once once you open the bottle, try to consume it uh, in, in one month, not more than that. Uh, two months, three months, if you preserve very well the conditions of uh, closing it very well after using, putting in in a dark closet, and never put that in the in the kitchen window, which is a typical mistake that many uh, many people do. They like because they put it like to to be to have it uh, in easily accessed. But uh, it's a great way to to kill the olive oil if you if you let the sun come into olive oil. Always prefer uh, dark bottles; it's the best uh, conditions. Or the new system of bagging box is great for olive oil. What is that? So if you find bagging box for olive it's a, it's the same as in wine. It's a bag that contains the olive oil and it has a as as um yeah, it has a valve. So it comes in a box and inside the box it's this bag. It's, it's a special alimentary bag uh, with this valve and you use the oil that you need and then it, it doesn't let the oxygen enter to this bag. So um, it preserves very well the conditions of the oil until uh, much longer than, than, than a dark bottle or any other kinds of, of content. So it's very good. Who's making that here? I've never seen that. There are a few companies that are working in the in launching this product. I know two. In the, in the guide, we have two. Uh, one is Almazaras del Sur which um, sells oils from, from Valle Quilimari and other producers. And also there is this guy called Tasty Inbox, which 
who is making a, a special oil for restaurants and food service, like extra virgin for every day. You know, olive oil, we've been talking a lot about all the specifics, but I think I feel olive oil often is intimidating in the same way wines can be for consumers. How do you make olive oil more accessible to the average consumer? You said you have a, a community on Instagram where you're constantly educating. Do you find that more the more people cook, that, that, that they like cooking, that they become bigger consumers of olive oil? How, how do you reach this market and, and really get people drawn into the world of olive oil? Yeah, I think it's very intimidating. Uh, just because we were talking about uh, before about the fraud and everything. So people are um, desconfiados. People are like, uh, they don't trust in everything they, they, they have in the supermarket. Mm. And um, they don't know how to choose an olive oil. You know, yeah, that you have so many options, like uh, different prices, different bottles, different labels, different origins. And it's very difficult to choose, you know, like when you don't know anything about this product. Olive oil overwhelm. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I understand. And when I go to the States, for example, and I need to buy some bottles for a tasting or something, there's, you know, so many options. Because here in Chile, we only have like brands from Chile and, and it's easier to, to understand. But not there you have like from Jordan, from Greece, from Italy, from Spain, from... And it's like really overwhelming. Uh, but once you start to understand the product um, and, and you start to like the flavors and you, you know that the ones from this part of the country are this way and this from the other part of the country are that way, in Chile we don't have that yet. But in Spain you know that um, the, the oils from Andalusia are mostly piqual and this ha they have these characteristics and, and you know a little more. But uh, once you start like knowing a little more about this product, you start enjoying it. The same as people when they start to um, to to learn about wine, you know, like at the beginning it's so scary, like to choose the wrong wine for your dinner. And after that, you start like um, enjoying the process and enjoying the different um, tastings you have or the situations where you can like give a a gift with wine or in this case with olive oil and you start discovering new brands and making the decision of trying new things and not using the same all the time so it's like a journey you know it's like a a, a journey for your senses and and people really enjoy what what happened to me with my students i i make tasting classes here in chile too not now in pandemic but normally half a group of people that that learn and and come to my tastings and after they go there and I made like a two-hour lesson with a lot of different topics you know like how to cook and the health benefits and a little about everything and normally in the first day they say oh it, this was great but I don't know I don't think I'm gonna try the Coratina yet because it, it was too strong I don't want to buy that and two weeks later they call me like what what was the oil that we tried at the end and it was like very strong and everything because once you start this you want more and more and more and and 
it's just like you scale. And and now we have a WhatsApp group with all the, the ones that have gone to my to my different classes. And they suggest like, I found this new oil here. I try it, uh, buy this one. And uh, like they, they get tips and they change uh, different uh, um, different brands. And it's a very interesting uh, thing that happened with Olive Oil. So it's scary, but after you know a little, uh, it's actually very fun. And you just launched your update. You do an annual guide called the Guia de Olivas that you can tell us a little bit about, which also is directed to help obviously more Chile-based consumer, but anyone that's really interested can learn from this, I think, because it's in Spanish and English, that is obviously trying to yeah, educate we, people about lots of different producers and styles and, and uses. Yeah, the main objective with this is to to give tools to um, to consumers to, to choose different olive oil, to explore, explore the olive oil world. Um, but also is to uh, give the producers um, a platform where they can share what what they do, you know. But because many many people just buy in the supermarket and they don't know all the other producers that don't sell in the supermarket, which are a lot. Uh, so um, it's it's something it's a win win, you know. Like the consumers win because they get all this information and and all the oils are um, described and they have uh, points and they have like suggestion to to how to eat them and everything. Uh, but producers also uh, can have access to this um, this a, a lot of people that are looking for new options of um, of buying olive oil. So our first guide was in uh, 2019 and we do that every year and our plan is to do the the guide every year because of what I tell you before Uh, the oils change every year it's like wine it's not that you have like the same conditions you have different different weather conditions you have different challenges in the field you have a different ways of doing the olive oil and you can make it better one year or you can like totally ruin the olive oil and we had some oils that last year were very good and now they were defective. Uh, because you can have like, I don't know, a, a fr- uh, olive oil, a, a frost with the, with the, cl- with the weather and, and everything goes like bad. So, um, it's important to, to have this, like, um, this like scene of all the olive oil together once a year to see how they are, how they they uh, are the new harvest, and and that is our plan to give every year this tool to consumers to choose new olive oils and to new uh, to to know new producers. I think it's fantastic, and once again goes back to your larger mission. Yeah. What are some of your favorite up-and-coming producers, not only in Chile, it can be anywhere in South America, really, or something that you would find unusual, perhaps, that you had mentioned Brazil, for example, but, you know, just in doing, how many how many samples did you try for this guide? Like, what, if you tried, I don't know, hundreds of samples, what really grabbed you and said, wow, this is something unique? Yeah, there there are a few oils that really are unique. 
Uh, now, for me in Chile, uh, I always recommend Alonso because I really think they, they are like a very consistent brand. You can buy from them and, and, and they make very good olive oil. Uh, they have also a great Tiqual and a great Coratina, which I think this year are amazing. But uh, in this moment, my favorite olive oil here is uh, one from Itata, uh, very south, very unusual to have olive oil there. Um, it's called Puertas de Guariliwe. And they made this Frantoyo and Arbequina so incredible, amazing. I don't like Arbequina too much, but this Arbequina is really something you need to try. It's wonderful. Uh, it's very well done. It's a very little producer. Uh, it's new. It, it has only a couple of years. Uh, but the last two years, which, which are the ones I have tried, wonderful oils like very 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 expressive harmonic elegant complex persistent amazing very very nice oils um here in the in the region in south america well i like very much the oils from uh, sucardi and i also like very much like the philosophy of the company so um it's it's one thing i i would uh, like to have here in Chile, like open to tourism and, and with a proposal of a restaurant with only olive oil and, and things like that. Um, I like very much uh, in Brazil, um, in Minas Gerais, a, a company like, uh, named Irarema, Facenda Irarema, which has have also a beautiful tourist project uh, and also very good oils. And in, in Rio Grande do Sul, um, a company named Prosperato. Uh, they, they are for me the best that Brazil has at this, at this moment with, with a, a, a couple more brands. But I like very much the oils from uh, Europe. And that's, uh, you, you, I can't deny that uh, I, I really like a lot of uh, Italian and, and Spanish oils. I think we are not yet in a level of uh, doing the olive oil so good as uh, in Spain or Italy, uh, in here in Chile. We make very good olive oil. We have very good options. But that perfection that some Spanish brands or, or some um, Italian brands made uh, is not yet uh, done here in Chile. It's, it's something it, it, it's going to come with, with the time. I think we still need to have more, more people um, specialize in, in how to, you know, the, the, the milling part in olive oil is very critical and, and you need to manage it extremely well to get like the olive oil with absolutely perfection. And some companies in Spain and some companies in Italy do that. And, and it's incredible when you have to tend to, to try that. This has been so interesting. I feel like I could ask you a lot of questions for a while because I'm very interested in, in olive oil in general and, and definitely the cooking applications, but we can do another session. <laughs> Perfect. Anytime we want. <laughs> Thanks again to Carola. Mil gracias a Carola for joining us and sharing her plethora of knowledge and insight into olive oil. Once again, if you want to follow her on Instagram, her handle is at Oliva, O-L-I-V-A, lovers. And just a quick note from the production team and myself that we will be taking a little 
vacation, if you will, or break from production for the next couple weeks and be coming back in March with new episodes and a lot of new content for you. But in the meantime, stay tuned to our blog and our mailing list because we'll be sharing a lot of best of information from these past 18 episodes and a lot of the gems that you can find in there. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the podcast. And we look forward to seeing you when we come back with season two of In Search and Flavor. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or whoever could use some wonderlust in their life right now. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. They're tremendously helpful and we greatly appreciate it. For more inspiration and information on how to come travel with us in South America or bring South America into your home, visit our website at www.lizkaski.com and follow us on Instagram at LCCWE. See you guys next week. Hasta la próxima.